the Century 0079. As the one-year war rages on, mass production of Gundam mobile suits has begun. This awesome technology is now given to Federation pilots. The power of a gun. In the jungles of Southeast Asia, Ensign Shiro Amada commands a squad of these giant suits. All units ambush for me. Principality of Zeon is developing its own secret weapon. Opsilus, a ship with the power to destroy entire cities. Jabra's destroyed. Its pilot, Aina Sahalin, forms the second half of an unlikely alliance. You want to kill yourself? As Zeon and Federation forces march towards oblivion, the secret love of two enemies may be mankind's only hope for peace. Our forces will not be intimidated. Now do you see the vision? Vision Gundam 8 MST premieres Monday, July 23rd at midnight. Dig in. Only to mommy. And it is anime splaining, and god damn it, Shiro, don't don't look at 16-year-old girls at the public pool. That's just obscene. It is episode 18. It was a different time. <laughs> it's really the pool scene you pick and not the whole part where she's riding in the cockpit with him. <laughs> That's just how you flirt back in 1995. Just so you can right? just draw, just so the animators can draw any kind of sex position they want and justify it. I repeat, that was how we flirted back in 1995. It's <laughs> supposed to be funny, says the writers. <laughs> yeah. As the as the team that has the second half of this anime just like pockets all the cash and goes and does cocaine or something. <laughs> But anyway, we have done the first six episodes of Gundam because Joey procrastinated. Tried three nights in a row, and on episodes either one or two, I fell asleep each time. Stop yeah, watching just... anime at 2 a.m. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's 10 at night. I, ju I just want to feel like I'm watching Adult Swim back in the day. I didn't fall asleep to Adult Swim. I didn't fall asleep to Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I was able to make it through that 15 minutes. Oh, see, this no, this, this is from the early times of Adult Swim. This was back when Adult Swim didn't have, like, the white text on black background bumpers. This was the, this was the all kids out of the pool, like, mm, showing old cool. people swimming little bumpers to, as we all age Retro ourselves. Did they but, play this show unedited? They did edit it. Um, like, for instance, in the, like, Kiki is in the river scene, they, uh, they, like, have a badly, like, painted over bikini that she was wearing. Yeah. Like, everyone who has seen anime from that era, uh, speci specifically on Cartoon Network, always knows what these painted-on bikinis look like, because it's, like, a mat, <laughs> like, just drawing on top of it. 
and it doesn't really move with the animation. It's like watching a bad Photoshop over it. Or if uh, if you remember the Green Lantern movie with Ryan Reynolds, it's like in every single CGI battle scene where it's just like Ryan Reynolds' head being superimposed onto the top of the CGI thing. But we, watched, mo- but we watched Mobile Suit Gundam, the 08th MS team. And Joey, I'm going to give you a little background because Gundam is a big deal. And it is essentially the Star Trek slash Star Wars of Japan. And the main thing that happens with every single Gundam series is the creators tend to want to do something new and different with it. And with OHMS team, the main thing they wanted to do was show you ground level and ground level operations Mm. and effectively show you like day-to-day like maintenance of Gundams because generally like if they got damaged or anything they just kind of either explode or they are just out for an episode or something they don't really go into like the repairs or anything on that so this was made to go like oh we're we're the gritty deep space nine to original Gundams like original series Star Trek cool when did they start doing that what episode <laughs> because I didn't get any of that, but I'll they, use that rant for later. You saw it in episode six because I mean they are in the desert and it's like oh there's sand in the gears and Shiro almost gets crushed because he's inside the leg pneumatics. Yeah, I but. felt it was. I felt it was every episode, but I feel like you need to have seen previous Gundam shows to get the context of it because in other Gundam shows they kind of just run at you like people. Here it feels like they are just just tanks. Like you may see an arm move at a time or a head or something. And most of the episodes they're just like focused on getting between the gears and how these things work. And they feel and maybe I only notice because I I draw this stuff sometimes, but the Gundams themselves don't feel like animated characters. They feel like backgrounds. They feel like painted on backgrounds that these characters kind of work around. So the the scale is that much bigger, and I appreciate that. They don't feel like people in suits of power just crushing little towns. They feel like actual mammoth size things. Yes, yeah, Marwin, for- do you, do you prefer this method of doing things where like the Gundams feel like they have more weight to them, or is it kind of like you just do whatever the series specifically wants? So like if if you're in space with like high level pilots, just show us like basically a fight scene only with robots. I prefer this. I'm a big fan of Pacific Rim. It's one of my favorite films of all time. I love when some scale is actually brought to to these to the mechs, when they actually feel big. I'm also a fan of the most recent Godzilla movie in the in the new trilogy. Their size and scale, they focus on the people around it and it makes the creature that much bigger. On this show, you focus on things like helicopters and little people in tanks and jeeps and little towns, and it feels like this. This it feels that much bigger, and I'm not waiting around for the people to get out of the way so I can watch mech fights. As much as I'm curious how these people are going to respond to these giant mechs around them. I didn't get any of that. I was I was more <laughs> like because it makes me excited. Like oh, let's show like the more behind the scenes outside the battles. Like cool, show me how you got your orders from the higher ups. Like show me like why these are the orders you're being giving. We don't we don't see the orders they're given. We don't know any of the higher ups that are giving these 
people orders. You learn a little bit about the teams, but that's about it. You learn about them personally. You don't learn like really what got them into the military outside of like the main dude Shiro seems to just be want to be a hero, which is fine. People get in the military for that reason. Yeah, and then they give him a random aside that gives you his backstory in like a later episode, and it makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's it's, where this show starts feeling like a Saved by the Bell kind of mix into it, because it's more about interpersonal relationships and who's banging who. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, the other thing is, like, I get where you show the teams around the Gundam. So, like, how they have the two people that basically drive around in the tank to support the main Shiro's Gundam machine. Mm-hmm. That, that, to me, makes sense, where it's just not the machine. There's more that goes into it. But they don't they don't delve into why they support him. They don't know, like, they don't go into, like, oh, well, we we resupply his ammo. We do this. And, I mean, the episode three, which is, again, the episode I hated the most, I told you both off air, was like, oh, I'm just going to randomly go over here and then hopefully I'll show up in an hour as I'm opening my cockpit stupidly to these rebels that just decide to randomly take over my machine. Good thing this girl that I was randomly peeping at has an awkward crush on me and saves me and fr- or pleads with her dad to save me. Just yeah, he lucked out. There's a bit of the Green Knight element there. <laughs> you, you really lucked out. You should have died. You really should have died. All of them should have died because he would have never gotten back. Like, oh, hopefully we can survive this heavy fire for however long. Yeah, I, I kind of wish, honestly, that if... If this show is giving us this sort of like gritty realistic view of the the earth level Zeon versus Earth Federation war that's going on that at least like take a little bit of the before episode to show us like a battle map show us where the actual front lines are and show us where our, where our characters are because you have no idea just what these nope. battle lines look like or where they are in a given point. Like they're they're in the Far East division of the Federation. So in the lore of the show, they're basically in like that Vietnam region. But nope. at the same time, they just go and end up in a desert later. And then the Opsilus flies away, and this is a slight spoiler, but they end up in like this like icy area like their their entire world is a mario level yes that sadly i was willing to forgive because based on the first episode since they're in space it leads you to believe that all of earth is a battleground i'm assuming so but you're right in that tony it fails to show the scope because like granted i'm comparing this to one of the greatest pieces of film ever but like saving private ryan establishes right in the first half an hour of the movie what what the location is, why the team is there, and they establish why the team is given this mission. You learn about, you know, why they're on this mission to save Private Ryan. You show the higher-ups, like, giving them this information, giving them these orders, and why they're giving them these orders. You establish a location because it takes place right after D-Day, so you're you're learning where they are, that they've just gotten to Europe and they're going to creep behind enemy lines. You're not really like that would help this movie. Granted, this movie or this show is still a cartoon is realistically how I looked at it. I know you guys might not look at it exactly the same way. So 
I should be I should forgive a little more, but it would make this show a lot more interesting if really if you if you established the scope, the location, and really the like you said, Tony, the general scale of really what's going on and why it's going on. Yeah. There Go ahead, Marlon. Sorry, it's why I feel the Star Trek comparison isn't very appropriate because Star Trek is a lot more serious than Star Wars. It would get a lot more to the nitty gritty of like the federations and the battle lines and blah, blah, blah. This had no interest in that. This was straight up GI Joe. This was Star Wars. This was, we're focused on these emotions and these characters and how they respond. And everyone's a Han Solo going after Princess Leia, especially uh, her name was Joshua and his name was Karen Joshua, Master Chief Karen Joshua and Elador. I don't know Elador's last name. That's straight up Elador. Just straight up Brogan Gambit, those two. Just Leia and Han Solo the entire time. This was totally Star Wars. They couldn't care less about what what plans were going on. This is about the emotional stakes. And later, it straight up becomes Romeo and Juliet in space. That's oh, where their I, primary concern was. I mean, this comes from somebody that knows military rankings, but I mean, I like how she was a chief, yet she was like, oh, how long have you been here? Three months. Like, Cool. That would certainly make you a chief in that short amount of time. But she kept calling the one guy the newbie too. So how long was he there for? Well, he was like like the commander kid is basically what like what is a lieutenant? Like he's a fresh officer, like fresh out of wherever. Like that. He's pretty much right out of the Federation Officer Academy, basically. that does happen, but like usually the like a chief sergeant you're like put up with that Reaper dude would be more in lines of what a chief would look like than than a girl who's like, oh, I've been in the service for three or at least stationed here for three months. Like that that usually to be a chief, you're in the service for at least fifteen to twenty years. I mean, that's a long a long way to go if you're an NCO. I'm assuming this is that same future from that Chris Pratt movie from Amazon. So they just kind of speed up everything <laughs> and become a chief in like three months. Wartime, wartime commission. Yeah, because we got, we got, we got shit to kill. We got time to. <laughs> we got to move on here. Three months, but we I, got it. Yeah, and I also agree with you, Marlon. I mean, I I think when I heard the Star Trek comparison too, like I agree with you. Star Trek's not a wartime show. Star Trek's about exploration. Whereas Star Wars, yes, there I agree with you. Star Wars is like a wartime that takes up the entire scope of a galaxy. So yeah, I would I would agree that this is more Star Wars than Star Trek. Yeah, and I I make the Star Trek comparison mainly in terms of like there's a lot of lore that has to do with how like how Gundams individually work. And that very first episode is just a Star Trek episode. It is. We have a problem in space. We are solving this problem in space, and that's about it. And then we then we go our separate ways. I was like, after the first episode, and then the second episode happened. That's why I was like, I was like, how did we get here? I don't know. I don't care. I'm just along for the ride, and I don't know anyone's name. Right. Like someone complained about the first episode, and they changed the entire tone. Suddenly it becomes about bullets first, which I appreciated. It was like all action and very little plot, which I appreciate compared to other Gundam shows. But after watching multiple episodes back to back, I started wondering, what is the point? There's 12 episodes of this. You're 
it's time to wrap it up. What, where are we going here? And they didn't really go anywhere until episode seven. Yeah. Considering I know that the majority of the budget went into the, went into the later half of the show. It's entirely possible that I think what ended up happening is they knew where this was ending and they did everything that was like heavier animation and heavier designs and all of this other stuff. And then it's like, Oh shit, we need to write 12 episodes for this. <laughs> so they just kind of threw together the that first six because nothing happens. Like the entire the entire theme of that starting starting six episodes is sometimes in war, nothing happens. <laughs> sometimes you're just bored. Sometimes you're on patrol. And granted, that gives like a grittier feel. It's it's not just like Monster of the Week or Villain of the Week like original Gundam is, but at the same time, showing Donus for half of your series, especially the first half, just doesn't work. <laughs> I see what they're going for, though, because there's another series that has that vibe, and it's the Alien movies. Half the movie, it's just people chilling out, luring you into a false sense of security, and then, bam, fucking facehuggers. So that's... Yeah, military dudes just being gross military dudes. And oh my god, war was happening. Okay, so Joey, granted you probably can't figure out themes in uh, in this because the heavier themes... Like, Gundam predominantly is anti-war on its thing, but it's like anti-war in a very, very, like, this is what you tell to children way. <laughs> um, it's, it's very, very simplistic in its view on that. Um, but it also generally has a, uh, this overall theme that war taints whatever like is brought into it, which is why Shiro himself is very naive. But unfortunately you don't really get that in the show other than probably Mikhail like going off in episode six. Just overworked and stuff like that. Because, I mean, I guess episode five and six is effectively just like mash episodes, but oh god. As I think about the first six episodes, I think that this is just not a good, not a good start for a series at all. It's just really, really slow and really, really bad. Well, like, the other problem is, like, for establishing tone of the show, what we're coming back to. Like that opening credit scene where they're like showing, because I can get from the opening credit scene like war is terrible because they show this downed Gundam machine that like somebody is torn down. So like, wow, like, I mean, this is war. This is people losing, like losing allies, it looks like. And then you don't get a single bit of that, at least in these first six episodes. While this very poppy J-pop song plays. <laughs> the most 90s of J-pop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like happy music. Here's our downed allies. Like, yeah. just show a burning allied tank while you're at it to like some end sync music. That's kind of the tone I feel it is. Well, Gundam is there. Gundam is so pop popular, and obviously anime is popular enough that generally for intro and outro themes, they just find popular music and like attach it and call it good. But that's what Gundam has done for the longest time. Is they have. They have intro themes and outro themes, which is just like, hey, what's in the top 40? Uh, let's just get this song. This show is glorious to look at. I want to draw all of so, this. I mean, 
this is a weird question to ask. Maybe we'll get to it later, but is from what you fe- is it why the Federation and Zion are fighting? Yeah, no, but uh, <laughs> that would be interesting to learn. This is because you guys have said like the later episodes are so much better and they establish more of the story. Would this be an example of a show that would be better as a movie where they can cut out all of this filler garbage? Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> like one one hundred percent. And all you need to do is you need to get rid of Elidor and McHale as characters yep. because they provide nothing. <laughs> <laughs> McHale doesn't even have a character arc. He's just there to be a whiny bitch. I hate him. The the, the very last episode is like there to just give like, oh, this is Mikhail's character moment, and he's still a whiny bitch. <laughs> I hate Mikhail so much. <laughs> anyway, that is my anti-Mikhail rant. But <laughs> but yeah, I would say like if you just make this into like a two and a half hour long movie. Like, give us the establishing, like, this is how Ina and Shiro meet. Um, you you meet your OHMS team. You can put either Karen or Sanders into the radar truck and lose nothing, effectively. <laughs> Just make a team of two Gundams. They're skyscraper-sized robots. Who cares how many there are? <laughs> and just call it good from there. Um, because I think that all the other points are done like you don't need to have like oh man it's boring here and sometimes we just go on patrol because you can effectively do that in a single scene and call it good you don't need to give us four separate episodes of it being boring mm-hmm. yeah it feels like they tried to make it episodic saw it didn't work and then kicked in the plot it felt like the first seasons of ages of field where it's like, yeah, this is okay, but then Winter Soldier happens, and holy crap, the actual plot kicks in. And that's kind of the same thing that happens here. They just kind of meander. You kind of, I could see this airing on Tsunami, like, day after day, just here's a new thing, here's a new thing, here's a new thing, they shoot lasers, they shoot lasers. And then it's not until episode seven, the actual plot you tune in for it kicks in. It's, but I don't I'm know where I'm But I'm also going to ruin Gundam lore for you, Joey, because I'm going to explain why the Zeon and Federal Federation are fighting, because it's really stupid. And they've they've kind of tried to build on it um with recent things. There's a remake of the Gundam Origin called Gundam the Origin. Um, okay. that's that's oh, like that's a series it's a series of like three movies that go into it and follow it character named Char. Um, but basically there's a dude who founds essentially a cult that affect that becomes the Duchy of Zeon, which is the bad guys. They are the space Nazis. Because okay. what he believes is that people living in space are higher on the evolutionary ladder and they are eventually going to get psychic abilities because they are in space because I've also read Dune. <laughs> <laughs> and he thinks that because of that, they should not be beholden to the Earth anymore. The Earth has problems with this because the space colonies provide them a lot of economic support because Earth itself is dying. And war happens because the Duchy of Zeon declares independence 
and drops a space colony roughly the size of Texas onto Australia and destroys the entirety of Australia. He drops a what on Australia? He drops a colony on them? A, a full That's space perfect. colony, yes. How would that not destroy the entire planet? That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like just Australia, huh? Okay. I mean, I, I did get the how, like, Zylon must be the bad guys because you see the, like the one scene where they're like Heil Zylon, Heil Zylon. Like, yeah, because okay. they have Nazi helmets. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, all right, we've established this. I get it. So subtle. Because that was like the one episode that I did think was beginning to get interesting was the one because I was just I'm like, how come we never meet the bad guys? Are they just a bunch of robots? Because they show they fight with these big machines that look like Soundwave from Transformers. But then you meet the two guys, and here's this one guy pilot, and then they have the fight underwater. I'm like, okay, this episode is interesting. I've actually gotten to meet at least the enemy. They have a face. And then after that, I was just just a whole bunch of, again, nothing. Yeah, you don't really meet too many like ground-level Xeon forces in Gundam too often. Most of the time, it's like upper echelon people. And then it's just like you're meeting a bunch of rich people. You're meeting a bunch of rich yeah. Nazis and don't, <laughs> like, oh, don't you want to know about the internal politics of these Nazis? Not really. <laughs> I mean, to small doses, but as long as you've, you have to put a sympathetic character forward. And like, that's I think what we, this does. That's why they created Ina. <laughs> sympathetic Nazi. Yeah, sympathetic Nazi lady. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to help my I'm going to help my brother create basically a flying atomic bomb, and that will end war because it is too powerful to not end war. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't this a great idea? And granted, she realizes <laughs> how stupid that is later in the series because the series needs to happen, but. It always makes me chuckle a little bit when she she says, like, oh, I don't like the fact that we're making a weapon, but if this weapon brings peace, then that is that is the best option. So it's not even like the guy that created nitroglycerin, whereas like he created it not knowing what he created. Whereas she knows what she's making, she just wants to make it for separate reasons. Well, she's just piloting the obsolete. Her brother is making it. That's the big. Oh, it's the big beefy. It's the big beefy boy. It's the it's the big beefy yeah. Gundam. <laughs> the because Gundam always needs a big beefy Gundam because those models are expensive and those models make money. <laughs> <laughs> they are addictive. You better not start. I also like and granted this joke is kind of for Marlin only and Joey you'll get it one week do the last six episodes on the next episode. But um, I the model I had from this show was not not the Easy 8. It wasn't Shiro's Gundam. It was actually the GM Sniper that's in, like, the last episode. And now I rewatch the show. It's like, I put together a model where the only notable thing it does is commit a war crime. <laughs> <laughs> this one's my favorite. <laughs> it was a dumb child. <laughs> You got any Gundams in a guy that shot the Archduke of Ferdinand? That's mine, please. That's, Thank you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't condemn yourself so much for that one. I mean, we all like Megatron, and we all realized Megatron was a bad guy. He looked cool as because as a little kid, he was a guy with a giant cannon on his arm. 
he was a gun. His toy was a gun, and it was amazing. And so, like, <laughs> free gun. Sweet. So, Joey, since this is your first Gundam, what do you think of the general designs of the mobile suits? They they get taller and shorter depending on what the plot needs. Either either these trees are super tall or the Gundams are super short, but they vary so often that it doesn't matter. Um, but... What do you think of the designs for like the Zaku for the Zeon? Those are those Cyclops gun, those Cy Cyclops mobile suits, and the the actual Gundam things like the big samurai looking dudes. Oh, I was I was completely fine with those. Like I thought they were cool for what they were. I, again, I think it's stupid that uh, Shiro would open his cockpit up to rebels in one episode. But I mean, that's neither here nor there. That's not a of like what the overall machine is supposed to look like. That's just stupid story writing. Um, the only thing that I might, because I wish they would show those Xeon Gundams shooting guns from the beginning instead of like, for a few episodes, like, why do they wield axes, but the other ones shoot guns? It seems like, why wouldn't you <laughs> like, at least try to fire guns to try to keep up with your enemy? But then in the later episode, they started firing guns too. But yes, the the Gundams look way cooler than Zeon ones. I think it was an escalation thing, so they kept mentioning the Gundam that they have laser technology. Like it was this big deal that the Gundams had, and so they had the upper yeah, hand. Yeah, every time, every time, time the every time a Zeon soldier gets fired on by a laser, it's like, oh shit, they have lasers. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see that it's like they've been firing lasers at you for like ten episodes. <laughs> <laughs> no one told us they had lasers. Ugh. I mean, the last guy had lasers, but I thought that was just a one-off. These guys have lasers, too. I mean, I want to see... I also want to see the episode where the Zeon dude fight other Gundams underwater. Because he was like, finally, they found somebody that can fight underwater. It's like, did you just murder, like, 30 people fighting underwater with your little machine versus someone else's machine? I want to see how this has become your M.O. Oh, no... Norris is an ace, and he has a full episode to shot. <laughs> Ooh. Even though Norris is a Nazi, he, he's, he's a relatively cool one. In Gundam the OHMS team, there are cool Nazis. <laughs> that, is, that is a quote from this now. Hey, we follow we follow aces to this day. We the Red Baron is still pretty strong in wartime lore. And he was a German. Granted, not yeah. a Nazi. It was World War One, but still. Yeah, yeah. there's a distinction there. <laughs> you like Germany in World War One or two? You gotta be pretty specific. <laughs> the German aficionado, I have to be. <laughs> So, Joey, I guess this is going to be a short episode because we can't really talk much about the first six episodes because, as we've stated multiple times, nothing happens. Um, but Sorry, as of I fall asleep <laughs> when stuff is boring. You procrastinated, and this is what happens. <laughs> you make the you give me two podcast episodes to edit and give us two months to watch Paranoia Agent next. <laughs> so, thank you. <laughs> uh, but, but what do you think is going to happen? At this point, you have Shiro on the obelisk, so Aina and Shiro are flying away together, effectively. Where do you think this plot is going? 
they'll probably have like this war torn war war romance. I would assume. Um, if I had to guess, brother probably dies. Uh, the one, the enemy brother, the twin brother. Like Aeneas. Yeah, I would assume that it turned out. <laughs> My brother is Dio. <laughs> Enemy brother is the best thing. Um, I would assume that everybody survives on the MS team. At least, like I'm, I'm not given. And if somebody dies, and I feel bad because I was like, should I care? <laughs> I sadly don't really care about anybody on that team, at least thus far. Oh, um, him. Yeah. I mean, so you, I assume that. So like, you do not. So you do up. not think that this show is going to do a full Romeo and Juliet and kill off Shiro and I at the end? Think so. I mean, now I'm curious, but no, I will not that. Dang it! Now you're putting an idea in my head that it does happen. So I'm pointing cool. a better idea in your head that does not happen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> in this case. Unfortunately, Joey, you are right. <laughs> they, do not, they do not have the balls. <laughs> Does the brother die? Was I right there? He, he makes a giant, big-ass mobile suit and is hooked on amphetamines. What do you think happened? <laughs> In the end, it's still a cartoon, so it has to be predictable. The only difference between this cartoon and like G.I. Joe or Transformers ridiculous amount of sexual innuendo that is in the show. Like this show had more innuendo than like a 90s Cinemax movie. Well, 90s Cinemax movie has full on sex scenes in it and this does not. I don't think you can make that that assessment (laughs) considering that there, there is not like two characters dry-humping each other to synthwave ever in the 08 MS team. <laughs> there are certainly tries, though. I, again, that episode, that, that episode three where the one girl is riding in there with him. I don't know. I think you could play porn music to that one. Little bone crotch in the mouth. That's how we say hi on Jungle Planet. Yeah, they think that scene's hilarious. <laughs> they think that the scene's hilarious. <laughs> But like you said, I mean, times were times were a lot different now. What is it? Almost thirty years ago. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of underrated do- jokes on this freaking show. Now, granted, this is probably a better question to give uh, for Av's uh, last six episodes. But does this you at least interested in seeking out more, getting more of the lore of this Zeon Federation war? And seeing the surrounding bigger picture stuff with Amuro Ray, your Luke Skywalker stand-in, and all of the other things surrounding it. Small doses I could I could see myself watching. Now, if you ask me to watch a whole series again, that would get a lot harder. But if if it was like Jujutsu Kaisen and I just had to go see a two-hour movie, yeah, I'd be willing to do that. Because again, like this probably, sadly, of all the shows that we've watched so far in this podcast, this is the most disappointed I was. Given what I thought I was going to get and what I ended up, getting, at least for, through these first six episodes, because I was I was really hoping for it. like oh eight oh eight MS team. I'm like, oh, we're going to get like 
cool wartime granted cartoon, but it's going to be like, again, I was expecting Saving Private Ryan and I got like uh, I see. really low level G.I. Joe. Yeah, and I, I, hope, the numbers in there. I hope Marlon yeah, will agree with me on this, but you have about three things to look forward to with the second six episodes. One, episode eight is perfect. It is a perfect episode, and it mm. is it it is so good, it makes me wish that this show was not as mediocre as it is. Episode 10 is also perfect, and same thing as episode 8. Um, and the third thing is there is a there is a small as they prep, I believe it's in episode 9 where it is very clearly one of these animators and one of this animation team was just told, do Top Gun only with Gundams. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they have a scene where they're, like, launching and they do the full-on, like, oh, it's, like, backlit with a sunset and all this other stuff. It's like, this is just Top Gun. You guys are just drawing Top Gun right now. <laughs> I'd be fine with that. I love Top Gun. And as we've shown earlier this year, Top Gun nostalgia still sells. So if Gundam wants to do something like that, end up watching it, I'll probably be okay with it. But yeah, I guess. So, Joey, I'm going to hold on your score because obviously you have not seen the full, ep- the full thing yet. But Marlin, on the seven-star scale, what would you give Gundam the OA thing? team to get me to look forward to what the height of this is uh so i so i can't even judge it fairly fine i again to look forward to it what's the three again three is a generalized i like it statement and four is i liked it um but or i liked it and like there are very specific like reasons i can point out why three is more and or less five. i didn't feel cheated and five is defines oh. the genre right Five is good for the genre, and six is like exemplary for the genre. Oh. Okay. And this well, is that- and this is not a seven. If anyone gives this a seven, I will punch them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first six episodes, if I'm being completely fair, it's a three. And that's oh no, I mean the full. I mean the full thing, not oh. just the first six episodes. Full thing, like all in all. What would you give this to have Joey going forward, looking forward to for the next time we record here? I'd say four. There are some things that are, there are some things, at least animation-wise, to look forward to, because that's all I could really focus on on the show, was the animation. And they do get a lot more show-offy later, and the fights get that much more amazing. And that way, their romance plot gets put to the wayside, and you don't have to look at it so much. Because the (laughs) animation is that good, so that's the four. So JoJo's was still better. JoJo's is absolutely better. Are you kidding me? This Marwin <laughs> gave JoJo's a seven. Yeah. No, I gave JoJo's a five. I, 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 and I thought I, I, I went into that show expecting it to be a one. I expected to hate that show all the way through, and then that first episode hits you. I'm like, okay, what the hell is this? Then the second episode hits, and like, okay, what the hell is this? And then three and four, and then it's like, it's just like. Each one just takes it a step further, and you're just like, what the hell am I watching? But I can't look away. This show was just like, 
What the hell am I watching a boy? That's what right. this is. <laughs> Make the robots fight, damn it. Yeah. Fight. <laughs> no, Joey, to, to, to take an argument from old-timey wrestlers, JoJo's is the problem because it's all high spots and weirdness, and they don't, like, <laughs> slow down and sell everything. You need to have more things like the Oweth MS team, which just spends half of its series on a nice, solid headlock. That is not true. <laughs> that's that the real true. money. <laughs> no, because JoJo still starts off relatively slow because they, they, they start off with the narration and, like, establishing who the characters are and... Ex- establishing their story that's why the first episode and the second episode and the third episode feel like they're miles apart so they still do slow but they actually like do a good job of storytelling they don't just have the headlock for the sake of having the headlock they're they're not saying like at least at least let's establish a tone to why we're starting the match this way rather than oh wait the ms team if you want to compare that to old school wrestling where like hey we have to do we have to do this match by the numbers so let's start off this match with a headlock we can't we can't outshow the we can't outshow the older gundams so we need <laughs> to settle into a nice headlock yeah. before we can do actually something in our finishing exactly. sequence like this <laughs> like if like again on the wrestling match like JoJo's would be like somebody that knows the textbook, but like knows how to like make things from the concepts given from the textbook. Whereas O8MS team just feels like it's just somebody like reading the textbook to you. I mean, granted, considering how early JoJo's came out, JoJo's pretty much is the textbook <laughs> in some cases. <laughs> but yeah, that is. The OA MS team, my score on it is I give it a five. It is it is good for the genre in that genre is Gundam. Gundam in so many cases is so disappointing. And I yes. I am sorry. I, I just hope so much yeah. for Gundam to be good. And literally the only time that Gundam is like, oh man, this is this is amazing, is G-Gundam, and G-Gundam is just JoJo's. (laughs) (laughs) Their writing is never good. They're great concepts, and they're cool-looking toys. I I love the models and everything, but actually watching the show, the plot is never that interesting, and neither are the characters. It's freaking crazy. It's like Star Trek. I don't get it. I don't get that either. So this is neither the best Gundam nor the worst Gundam, at least? Though the best Gundam is uh, called Stardust Memories and is a movie, um, it's actually where like the people behind Cowboy Bebop came from. <laughs> but um, it's funny that you say it's a movie, kind of like what well, the question I asked earlier, where this would have been so much better as a movie. Oh yeah, it's a it's a movie. It follows entirely different characters. It it is very good because it like brings you and actually like explains things very well and it's like hey the zeon and federation war is over but there's still this pocket of rebel zeons that are around and how do we deal with this problem and it's it is really good at having an anti-war message and not being super super preachy about it but 
at the same time, you can watch like regular ass Gundam. You can watch Gundam Wing, which doesn't even happen in this Universal Century storyline. Because I won't even yep. get into separate timelines in Gundam, but that's its own can of worms. But even uh, even going so far as like, there's still mainline Gundam stuff coming out. There's a thing on Netflix coming out called The Witch from Mars. I've watched trailers and I am very confused. <laughs> 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 I alone did that for me. But yeah, that is that is Gundam. It is generally disappointing. I'm glad that we came out of the first six episodes knowing that this is generally disappointing, but I can say it does get better because why else would they put the entirety of the budget on this lore end? And the other little trivia I will give is that the eighth episode was literally so good that they made it into a movie. <laughs> oh, that's what the eighth is about. The eighth episode. The only one worth watching. <laughs> <laughs> what a great job, job of foreshadowing by the makers of this show. <laughs> but the um, there is a movie that you can seek it out, but I can't find literally any way to watch it, aside from if you know someone who had the old DVD, is there is a movie, and I kind of use it in quotes, because it's called Miller's Report, and it's effectively just a summary of what's happened in the previous episodes, and just an expansion of episode 8. Like, it's like 75% reused footage, but it's... That episode 8 is really good. It's good that they made it into a movie, at least. And really what you should just have is you should have first episode, then Miller's report, and then have the rest of the show. <laughs> and call it good. It's a long one. I'll finish the next episode, next six episodes by next week, so we can still record the, the following month's podcast early, so it's all fresh in everybody's mind. Yep. And hopefully yep, so I'll that that is what we we will do. So this is anime explained for August first, and September first will be Oath MS Team Part Two, and then we get to go on to Paranoia Agent and bring in some Satoshi Kone, and that we will Lord be splitting in half because it is dense. <laughs> <laughs> how many? How much am I going to be sad after watching both months worth of that show? Depends on the episode. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> you need to. So, one, there there are two things to take take away from it. the The voice actor for the dub for Norris is the same voice actor for the detective in Paranoia Agent, and he's really, really good. Um, but that detective character, like his overall character arc, ends with him understanding that the, the world has effective effectively passed him by because he's of the previous generation and he just needs to accept it and the show is giving this as a good thing it's so good <laughs> <laughs> we'll cross that two, when we get there yeah you have two months for that so that is anime explaining i get to play us off with 10 years after here because now i need to use another song from 08 ms team not the good one that i used last month but yeah that is that is it
くつ